All right, hi everybody, welcome. Grab a chair. It's the World According to Kyle podcast, episode one. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, why am I here? Why am I talking to you right now? I decided to start a podcast where I'm gonna take the thoughts in my head and go over them on time by time basis. Um, I'm gonna go a little slow to start. I'm gonna go about one podcast per month to start my uh, my foyer, my journey into the podcasting life. I'm going to start it off nice and slow. I'm going to make sure I kind of get everything worked out stylistically and structure-wise how I want to be recording and presenting myself. So that was my goal to start 2021 was to uh, come up with one podcast each month. I find like too many people will... uh, start off with a very heavy dedication like one per week uh, or one per every two weeks or two per week or something without kind of finding uh, the flow and uh, then they get attached on to being a uh, some kind of personality I don't want to do that I kind of want to find my rhythm slowly but surely so that's going to be my year one my year one is my dedication is one podcast per month which it it uh, doesn't seem like a lot. It isn't a lot for me, to tell you the truth. I have uh, a lot of ideas rolling through my head right now. And uh, f- honestly, for me to uh, get one out every week, I, I really think I could. But uh, like I said, to try and find my style is more uh, important than, uh, than to just come out and just start going ham right away without any... Uh, real sense of direction so that's what it is this is what it's called it's TWA2K the world according to Kyle podcast so this is episode one the pilot episode if you will you know one of the reasons why I uh, really wanted to get into podcasting was that I had too many ideas going around in my head And there was like a pointlessness of um, uh, projecting these ideas onto people that maybe not necessarily wanted them, like in the Twitter and Facebook sphere, just posting your thoughts into the ether. I feel like maybe there's a more specific segment of people that would benefit from what I'm uh, trying to present and what I'm trying to say instead of just literally uh, uh, screaming into the void, <laughs> if you will, of, uh, of, of social media. Um, you know, I like to look at things differently than most people and, uh, you know, forcing things uh, onto people Uh, is maybe not the best way in hindsight (laughs) to have uh, gone about uh, my internet journey, but uh, we're all uh, learning uh, as we travel through the interweb. This will just be be a starting point where uh, I feel like I can uh, get the ideas uh, off to people without uh, too much resistance, let's say, or pushback or clap back. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what my podcast is kind of going to be. Uh, I don't really have too many 
too many ways um uh structures that i want to follow i want it to kind of uh be be very uh open and um initially i was going to call this before i came up with the name uh the world according to kyle was many moods uh of kyle because i feel like it's not just going to be like one of those things where um i'm trying to really um present a personality or i'm trying to um be a character or always like stay in sort of some sort of uh vibe and always maintaining that um i don't really want it to be that way i want it to be more of like um if things are going really crazy, I want to be crazy. If things are uh, mellow, I want it to be mellow. Like, I react according to what's going on around me. And sometimes uh, it, it's important. It's more important to uh, to, to uh, have a strong and uh, a powerful voice. And other times it's, uh, you know, you have to kind of lay back. It's all dependent on what's going on around you being someone who's trying to present my uh commentary on uh on the on these things so we're so that's what it was that's what it's gonna be it's never gonna be really the same thing i'm not gonna fall into um having to do something uh, uh all the time like having to do some sort of uh gimmick or but other times we will uh keep um, gimmicks going so it, it's really going to be according to how uh how it goes what the flow is lots of trying new things uh and yeah it's never going to be in one one place at a time it's going to be my thoughts on what's going on the world around me the world according to kyle now for uh clarification sake i'm gonna call this a comedy podcast so when i say comedy uh i don't have a video so uh you could tell that it's finger quotes comedy podcast so that way if anything happens where maybe i uh say something that uh uh maybe i regret saying it's all under the guise of comedy and then i can't really get in trouble so there's me absolving uh myself of any wrongdoing in uh the future so uh there we go uh <laughs> that kind of gives me carte blanche to do whatever i want but no i don't I, I don't think so i think there's uh taking things too far out of context but like you know if sometimes i will trash something or um somebody that i feel like i don't really understand why they're getting uh the sort of praise or uh, clout that they're getting and uh i'll i will trash them but it's just done in a comedic way like truly i don't really care uh if somebody makes money uh, doing something that i don't necessarily approve of like why you know you, you gotta eat first and foremost but my questioning and uh why i dislike something is usually more on the lines like uh, 
people's like common sensibilities or uh, why they prefer uh, something over another thing or wanting something that is uh, uh, less less good than another thing uh, than another thing those sort of things uh, that's kind of why I want to have a quote comedy podcast so we can have a little fun like I'm not just saying like I'm gonna be uh, the news over here though it's never necessarily my goal to be wrong but we can all be duped we can all be uh have the wool pulled over our eyes uh sometimes when uh we're ignoring some of the um some of the worst aspects of uh, an idea in uh, order to see it through to uh its full potential so whew. That's uh, so that's uh, my start. That's kind of um, where we're going. I wanted to do this podcast initially in uh, the year uh, 2020, but you know, 2020, <laughs> 2020 happened, and um, I didn't want to start this up because I didn't want it to be, uh, I didn't want to start off on the wrong foot necessarily. I didn't want to. Um, just start screaming uh, or be very uh, rage-filled because of what was going on. I felt like uh, what was going on at the time and the uncertainty of it all, it wouldn't have been a good uh, moment in time to uh, start up my podcast and give like an authentic, um, more neutral version of myself than uh, I could have because it would have been mostly... uh, you know, oh, woe is me, how am I going to handle this, Um, you know, fuck every politician that did anything, (laughs) or it would have been just, uh, it wouldn't have been me, uh, you wouldn't have seen, like, the right me that I think that you should be seeing uh, for just having to start off my podcast. Now, not to say that uh, I wouldn't have uh, done it well, but I just think that, uh, I just think in the long run, it's better to get off on the right foot, and, you know, if, uh, if something happens in the future, and I need to uh and i need to um you know be more uh harsh and critical on uh others handling of of situations then i feel like at least i have that um that neutral spot to um lay back on and that i have that as some sort of uh uh guideline of how things are gonna go when things are kind of neutral because to be honest they are kind of like it's not too high it's not too low right now uh as far as you know 2020 and the covid scenario uh is playing out like we have hope that there's gonna be uh some sort of um conclusion to to this uh to this uh period of time in that we are going to go back to the way things were but it's just long enough away where it seems like it's you know kind of a grind and uh and it has been a grind and that's exactly why i didn't want to create a podcast while i was in that kind of uh that kind of rut right like uh you know and and it was because i was one of the people who um was following this from a very early point that uh i was i seen how this could potentially play out and that um you know when you know 
is ignorance truly is bliss in this scenario where uh you know but uh I was not ignorant of <laughs> the uh, potential, the potential of what could happen, and um, so, like, say I learned about this in October, or like uh, November, December of of uh, 2019. Then 2020 hits. It's 2021, and this might not be over with completely, completely until like 2022. So that's like three years where most. Uh, you know, uh, dipshits who couldn't be uh, concerned, uh, who couldn't be bothered by COVID other than the fact that it's, you know, closing down their favorite uh, pissing hole that, you know, they're, uh, they probably only legitimately are going to have like less than a year dealing with the uh, super severe effects of COVID mainly in part because uh, I don't think that we were really fast enough to act uh, in, a, in a harsh enough manner that would have um, uh, put us in a better position right now like some of the other countries like Australia. But that being said, uh, you know, the, the politicians were probably afraid of, what, of the things that would happen, and uh, rightfully so. It's... In my mind, it's just a good thing that this really isn't a deadlier uh, disease. I think maybe that's our one saving grace is that it isn't deadlier because, you know, if we're talking a few percentage points, like 5%, 10% of the population, like wasn't SARS or MERS, didn't that, despite not being highly trans, uh, very transmissible, didn't that have like a uh, 50% fatality rate? Or something like you know, extend that out a little, extend the fatality rate out a little, and um, let's just say uh, the reactions that we had were uh, were very inadequate to uh, what would have prevented uh, what would have prevented a uh, mass catastrophe. So that's something that's something that I think uh, that is not just about one particular politician or one particular group of people or uh you know any single one company or organization i think it's more of like a uh a human thing and a human nature uh a human nature fault a uh, uh a fault in our uh evolution if you will that uh, our preservation and our wanting to live as n uh, good a life as possible for ourselves is uh, prevents us sometimes from uh, you know doing what is really the right thing and like you know up until now even Canada we still don't have um, we we just recently enacted like uh, very strict. Uh, traveling bans and uh traveling uh halts and uh and uh right now like you know we're just implementing this this is how many years away i see people on my fucking facebook on twitter on vacation at the beach uh here <laughs> there everywhere like uh it, it <clears throat> although it, traveling was discouraged uh i don't think I don't think people really like we're one hundred percent like let's you know let's uh, not do what we uh, want to do that they, they were gonna do it they're gonna do it anyways. 
and the and that was part of the problem of uh, uh, of why it spread. So hopefully we learn from this because it's hard to just point out uh, one thing that is to blame. But uh, being a Canadian and how our government uh, speaks to us about uh, how um, we. Uh, it, like they speak to us a way like you would speak to your child if you know they had beers and ended up like in like uh this in a cellar overnight in a drunk tank uh getting arrested o- overnight you know you the way our government speaks to us is like that but i don't see that people are really taking uh ever since like the summer late summer i don't really see that people were taking it like lightly uh i think there's a very certain group of people that were are just don't want it to uh affect them at all and they're willing to um say bullshit like it's a hoax knowing that it's not um in order to try and get uh restrictions lifted or whatever but it's not a hoax like that's one thing but uh like the the reason I side with them is that right now the government's just kind of picking and choosing the things they want to be open, and uh, the schools the schools are the main are the main uh, thing. The rises in cases have been consistent with the opening of schools and the closing of schools, because in uh, uh, Ontario, where we're seeing our dips, our uh, declines in COVID transmission is at two points was a after the summer and b after christmas holidays like after christmas holidays we started seeing like the after effects of a decline in cases and what happened during that time is that ontario had the uh, extended uh, holiday school closures so they kept schools closed until like i think uh i'm recording this on uh, sunday the January the 31st I think they're starting to bring kids back into school uh, this Monday this week they're gonna uh, bring kids back into school but shocker we've seen a decline in that so it and I say shocker because uh, it's not really that shocking to me when you have um, a bunch of people conglomerating into a building, uh, which is exactly the sorts of things that you're uh, trying to ban that you're trying to prevent uh, small businesses or concerts or uh, any th- or libraries, um, you know, uh, gym facilities, anything, anything like that that you're trying to prevent. But the one exception is schools. Oh, because uh, uh, the kid we are finding it's not transmitting. Well, of course you're finding it's not transmitting. Kids aren't getting symptoms or the, the virus doesn't affect them as much it's they're uh, asymptomatic they don't even know they're sick so who knows and the even if you follow protocol and procedures it's not like the kid's not gonna uh, walk home with his friends from school or say goodbye or bump into somebody else you're just increasing the probability of uh, transmission by increasing the social circle because you're saying we're not allowed at first we're not allowed to have less uh, than uh, we're not allowed to have more than 20 people in our social circle then it was 10 and now it's five but for schools you can have uh at a if you're looking at a high-end uh limit maybe like a hundred different interactions so 
I don't care. Odds and probability don't care about the protocols you put in place. And it's the one thing where you're going to give an exception to, but uh, we can have all these small businesses completely collapse and uh, completely uh, uh, destroy our economy for decades because um, you want some kids to fucking make sure they get properly brainwashed is that the case because they can learn just fine outside of school you can direct them what to study outside of school and uh, make it work with uh, zoom sessions and stuff Uh, maybe since your uh, teachers are part of the union and operate on a seniority uh, priority maybe some of those old dinosaurs don't even know how to use a fucking uh, zoom meeting correctly (laughs) so uh, so maybe that's the problem maybe it's not uh, the small businesses you know maybe you know maybe it's the fact that uh, we didn't halt flights and uh, stop uh, flights uh, across our borders soon enough and you know that's the thing that pisses me off is because um canada is not a very friendly place to do business to begin with and uh that's a reason why we lose a lot of uh a lot of our economic growth potential we uh scare companies away we scare businesses away do you ever notice like we come up with ideas first like um yahoo uh quantum computing um like uh blackberry like shit like this like the reason why uh the reason why um we're not able to see these things through to their full potential is because of the restrictions that uh get put on it by the fact that they have to dole out uh a large majority of their profits to back to the government which in turn, the government makes life more difficult for uh, for these businesses. So, like, so for this on top, this small business fist fucking on top of uh, the already like you're paying half of your business profits if you you know if you're doing well in a business, half of that's going back to the government. For what? For them to tell you you can only have five people max in your uh in your in your store even though all of them are wearing masks and and whatever during a virus and then turning around and blaming it on them when cases are going up despite the fact that we have the schools open it's just it's insane i don't see uh and i don't see any other any way uh that can that that can help what's going on uh what's going on right now (laughs) and there's no kind of wave way forward like for instance the stuff that's going on uh in uh the stock market right now like how robin hood acted is like how i would expect a canadian company to act (laughs) because they're into it so much with the with the government that they wouldn't allow they wouldn't allow something like that to happen they would they would regulate the shit out of it make sure the government can make peak profit and uh and not care about uh about uh, the little guy being able to um being able to you know run up uh, and create um even a relatively small pocket of wealth for himself like that shit would not exist it would not have gotten created here a company would get 
too big where, uh, you know, and another company would challenge it. And then that's when the government would step in and say, hey, you need to do this, this, this and this. And uh, oh, yeah, by the way, thank you for your tax money. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for all of that. But, you know, in the return, we're going to make sure we flush out any uh, any other businesses that want to try to do things differently from you. See, that's the deal. That's a deal that they have with the uh, casino casinos because the casinos are awful to play in here. They are run under the gu uh, guise in Ontario. Like you're supposed to gamble because you're having fun. You're having entertainment. That's what they call it. That's in the government's eyes. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So what they do is that they rig the games in their favor so that the uh, the participant, the consumer, has the, has low chances of winning. But that's supposed to be it because you're not going to make money. You're going to have a good time, which is bullshit because uh, if you're doing well at something, whether it's... Uh, whether you're calling your uh, your shots in uh, sports betting, whether you're uh, you know catching fire on the poker tables, no matter uh, no matter what you're doing, uh, for it for you to uh, tilt the odds against somebody and say, oh well, we're allowed to do it because you're supposed to be having fun. Meanwhile, they're not doing it to have fun. If they weren't fucking making any money out of it, then you you could bet this shit would be shut down they would not they would not have these operating if they weren't profitable so it's the so how how things are operating here is completely i i you know i like for me to just see that robin hood story i'm just like oh yeah yeah that's what that that's totally what would happen but i don't realize that as a that as an american that's actually fucking offensive and you know, I think we need to get to that uh, get to that state where we have a uh, very strong backbone against what uh, what is right and what is wrong. Like um, we're too we're too docile and uh, complacent, but uh, in our nature, and uh, I feel like it's the wrong ways uh, in, in a lot of these circumstances. I feel like I feel like we just want to. Um, uh, separate ourselves from americans and just to say we're something different like in, in and not that we aren't like we are i feel but i feel like we're just doing it for the sake of being different and not necessarily seeing where americans have uh good points and where they uh and the things that they do well and the things that we don't necessarily do well but we're just kind of clinging on to uh it as if it's some sort of um like version of our culture when maybe it's not the best way that things should be operating so anyways it's interesting it's interesting excuse me it'll be interesting to see uh how this uh how the stocks play out in the future um <clears throat> at least in the next in the next year or so uh, it's been like, I was kind of a little late to it, but I'm like, I'm on it right now. And, uh, just this past week, it's, uh, so the week of, um, was it the week of the 20, starting the 20, the 25th. So the week of the 25th was when everything kind of, uh, started to go, started to go crazy. And like, so about that weekend I was, um, really, uh, 
really starting to see social media light light up about this but for the meantime i don't know i don't think there's anything that uh can really be done i mean the when you look at the scope and scale of what the redditors are doing and the scope and scale of what's already been being done by wall street like we're talking about we're talking about uh ponzi schemes we're talking about uh insider uh information insider edge insider trading uh tanking companies uh like uh buying the shorts like you know having one thing to counteract to that counteracts that in like starting to cry uh cry cry wolf after after this one little thing after after you've been uh, absolutely fist fucking the uh american public over the last since the fucking stock market uh began since buying out fucking companies that could uh produce uh next level technology and crushing them with finances and uh, opening up companies instead that will like uh, draw things out in like a planned obsolescence type of way. So you've been doing that for fucking uh, for fucking centuries, and <laughs> like it seems a little. Uh, and then to turn around and say, "Oh, now na- na- now we need now we <laughs> now we need some hardcore regulations because uh, fucking." Uh, you know, because uh, a guy on Reddit, uh, you know, m- made five figures this year. Holy shit. Like, um, that's that's unbelievable to have that sort of uh, that that sort of mentality. And uh, it seems, at least for now, that the far right and the far left are in, gr- in agreement with the, the Redditors. So and most of just anybody with um a human a human conscious and uh you know some sort of critical thinking ability and is not a complete paid off shill would probably think the same i'd imagine but i digress (sighs) it's crazy world we find ourselves living in uh right now and I'm kind of glad I started my podcast on a uh, Janu- on a January. I know the uh, New Year is arbitrary and a little cliche, but it's also a pretty good starting point. I can, you know, clearly remember uh, the year intervals: 2021, 2022. So it's a good assessment point. I'm not mad that uh, things started out this way; that it was like at the beginning of a new year. Also. Also, I'm not dense enough to, if things needed to have been started at a time where it wasn't uh, exactly flowing with the new year, I'm not dense dense enough to like not start it up before then, but I just told you why I didn't start it up before then. It's because I think that seeing the light at the end of the uh, corona tunnel uh, by way of fucking uh, the vaccine trailway uh, is kind of taking a lot of the edge off of where this thing would have been had uh had i started it up uh like while we were knee deep in the rona (laughs) so it 
So, like I said, it's good to have that. Uh, it's good to have that light at the end of the tunnel. <clears throat> All right. So um, now I want to kind of like get into a little, little bit of my life leading up uh, to this point. Uh, just back then, during that space, probably would have been when I read ads, but uh, this is the first episode, so I got no fucking ads to read, so we can just keep going. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about my life leading up towards this point. Um, so I'm in my early 30s right now. Um, my life leading up to this point, I you know grew I grew up in uh, I was I was born in a city. Raised in a small town, uh, grew up, obviously Canadian, I grew up, uh, I was born in Windsor, Ontario, which is um, across from uh, the United States, uh, Detroit, uh, across the Ambassador Bridge is uh, where is where I was born uh, and raised, and uh, so I... I've done a lot of things. Um, eventually, right now, I'm in Toronto, and uh, my life leading up to this point is very crazy. I had a lot of uh, random jobs that I did, and never really kind of found my footing, and was uh, was um, you know never really found a place to just dig my heels and say, okay, let's uh, let's get at her. Like I. I've lived in Niagara Falls, I've lived in uh, British Columbia, I lived in Alberta, in uh, the city of Calgary, Uh, you know, I was back to Windsor, I was back in the small towns, uh, uh, then eventually decided to come back out here in Toronto. Now, Toronto's probably the uh, place I spent the most time in since uh, I started uh, my little... uh, Expediture, my little travels, travels uh, throughout the decades in Toronto. I've been in for probably this is going on my eighth eighth year, and that's definitely the longest time I've spent in a place. So I guess this is the closest to home that I have. So I guess I would say Toronto is is my home, um, at least for now. Uh, Like, but. The reason why I moved a lot was for school. I was in schooling, and I've uh, and I took up various jobs. Um, so I was uh, into accounting. I did uh, casino work. Uh, worked in grocery stores. Uh, I worked as a DJ before. Uh, I worked in uh, warehousing, factory work. I've done uh, I've done a lot of things up until this point, but. Um, I realize that uh, you know you have you have to make something uh, or try and make something of the uh, of the things that are available that you can see yourself doing. I never want to see myself doing a uh, nine to five job for the rest of my life. So if I can uh, find something outside of that where it's less like work, then that's that's what I would want to do. That's what I uh, because that's what that's the reason why I've been bouncing around to begin with. I was never able to stay in one place because you know eventually I would move away from all the drama. Then new drama would start up with me. So either you know so that's part of the reason why I went to Toronto. It's like if you want to uh, if you're gonna have to deal with. Uh, deal with crap you might as well have something to justify it and all most of our tax dollars go to uh the city of toronto it's uh it's canada's you know 
unofficial capital landmark <laughs> landmark city come come to you know come to have a good time that's where you go that's you know it's it, it, it's the best place to be in in this country so yeah um I've been having recent success lately at my job and I think they want me to take on like a higher role, like a management role, but um, I'm going to keep doing this as something on the side and have some sort of side hustle uh, going on. Like if I could, I would uh, love to um, do something like this for a living instead of, uh, instead of, uh, you know, I like to bust my ass in the gym, uh, not necessarily at work. Like, I like to go to the gym and really pump everything out and then, you know, work on something uh, abstract in my in my time off. Instead, right now, like, I am, like, busting it everywhere. Not that I, well, I can't go into the gyms right now, but at work, like, is my work is uh, I bust my ass at my work to uh, work in a warehouse to uh, make sure we hit our volumes and pump out our volumes. Recently made team lead there and think they want me to uh, go into uh, management. But it's always good to do this, do have a side hustle going on, and this is part of my side hustle we'll see where it goes we'll see where i can take it and uh kind of take things uh month to month and go on about the like i said like for me to go on about what's going on right now like i, I could do one a week comfortably but i'm not finding like i'm not I, like a lot of people think they can just hit the ground running and you know some people do the right things and end up and end up doing that but it's always good to take a step back and to kind of see analyze uh how things are and instead of just create 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 like have some sort of uh uh, critical commentary on uh, <clears throat> what you're doing and things that you can be doing better. That's uh, that's part of what the internet is good for. Also, is that people aren't going to tell you to your face like um, what. Uh, <clears throat> at least people who uh, will pretend or actually be your friends, either or, they're not going to tell you, "Hey, man, you, know, you could have done da 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 da," and "Hey, you could have done da 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 better," but uh, it, you know. And so that's what the internet is good for. A lot of things, a lot of things can just be blind hatred on the internet, but you have to kind of just let that, like, uh, just see through that for, for what it is like. And, uh, and then sometimes people will often can be helpful. Other times they can be nitpicky. Like <clears throat> if somebody, uh, has a good podcast and are presenting themselves good and have good ideas and, uh, like, but, uh, you know, the background isn't, like, great. So, like, who gives a fuck? Like, and if somebody is, like, if somebody's, like, nitpicking at that, then you know, like, uh, oh, yeah, hey, you know, like, what is up with, uh, what is up with that backdrop, bro? Like, who gives a fuck? Is like, <laughs> like, the backdrop is, like, the least important thing in that scenario. So, what do you, you know, what do you complain, what are you complaining about? Do you have, like, oh, hey, um, 
you know, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should have a, a segment where you do uh, rank this, that, and the, in the other thing. I think that would be good. Yeah. Okay. Like you know, that's obviously somebody who's uh, who's um, a friend with you is like, yeah, you're good. What you're doing is good. Uh, not a uh, not a lot of people will, will uh, have the confidence to just come up and it's like, hey, yeah, you know. Couldn't have did that better, <laughs> which is what the internet is good for. It's good to have, uh, it's good to have all sorts of opinions. It's good to uh, not uh, not fear uh, like uh, being shot in the head because uh, yeah, some overly self conscious uh, self conscious artist uh, can't uh, can't take a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, criticism. So. That's what. Uh, that's good. The internet is a great thing. It's much easier to. It's much easier to get these things started. Like I'm a very independent person, and I do not work well with other people because I hate dealing with other people's fucking uh, personality, fucking uh, quirks. And right now is like borderline fucking autism is like mainstream thinking right now. Everybody's just fucking so involved with their fucking. Uh, virtual lives that they can't even be bothered to develop like simple fucking conversational skills and uh we're just expected to deal with it oh yeah deal with uh deal with old timmy's uh autistic free freakouts uh there and uh and, and uh, it'll be fine that's just how he is that's just how he is bullshit bullshit and uh, this whole idea of uh, of mental health is really starting to fucking bo uh, bother me. It's really starting to bother me. It's not that I don't feel that people um, <clears throat> don't have mental health issue issues like um, schizophrenia, like uh, 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 severe ADD, stuff like that. But right now, what we're saying is that you can just do anything and say, you know, you were depressed or had some mental health issues and you'll get 10 to 20 years off prison uh, if they can't prove otherwise. Like, what the fuck is that? And it's and like, I don't want to seem like I'm being insensitive because like, you know, um, I'm not here, but I can only tell things from my own personal perspective and there was a time like i was going through a really shitty period where i felt like you know it might have been depression like uh uh where like i like it felt like the how they describe it in the commercials where like it's this cloud of like but you know i also kind of um felt the joe rogan side of it too where it's just like well what if you're just not doing this? What if, like, you know, what if the, and what if, you you know, you could be doing something better? What if you could be eating healthier? What if you could be exercising? What if you could be, what if you could be doing good things to yourself? Do you think that maybe that would, that would help your mood, your mood state? And, like, to be honest with you, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know whether it was just uh, something that was a illness, quote unquote, illness uh or whether i was doing things i was contributing to uh to where i was where i was at the time and uh so 
what I did was I tried you I you don't want to try uh, you know going to the doctors and saying that you're fucked up in the head that you think something's wrong with you first you want to try the uh, the uh, au natural holistic approach first and see if you can't fix see if you can fix the things that uh, that are wrong by you know inputting better things into your body whether it's better music better movies uh better health better just inputting good things and uh and i tried that and you know it took a long time it was it was like took you know it took half a decade but i got to where i needed to be and uh, and i and at the end of the day i don't feel i uh, don't feel the need uh, like that sh- that uh, the cloud never came back it went away because i you know i realized what it was i you know i built a i built a proper shelter over myself to not have not be worried about it and i feel that uh, a lot of people aren't doing that and aren't starting uh from that framework uh that maybe the problems that you have are are your own doing now i also have been uh uh blessed slash cursed with the fact that i didn't grow up with an incredibly wealthy upbringing so i also see the fact that there is a circumstance and uh that bad circumstance isn't just isn't just uh, an extra step to overcome it's uh i think for some people like just doing a nine to five and just uh getting by is a great thing for some people for just doing that and 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 doing that every day is is a good thing and and uh like i don't think that they're necessarily to blame for the reason why they're not like for for the reason why they're not stupid wealthy for some people it's such a uh you know you get stuck with a couple kids a bad relationship and literally just overcoming that is like you're talking about like a decade before you can actually sit there and reassess and then by then like you've you haven't had time to just sit down and uh flush things out and figure out where uh where your life is gonna go from that from that point on so you're already and then where do you start you literally just lost a decade you literally have like a decade worth (laughs) worth of uh worth of things uh, of things to overcome and not that you can't overcome it but i don't i think like if you're gonna turn into like a fucking raging asshole because of having to do all these things on top of it honestly i feel like if you just you know can just hold down a nine to five like that's you know for some people not for everybody just hold (laughs) but just holding down a nine to five is like is borderline heroic in today's in today's day and age it's a lot better than developing a personality disorder and uh you know um uh uh presenting everybody with with it on a like uh day-to-day basis and really not accomplishing not accomplishing anything and uh just needing to fulfill your ego uh ego on a on a day-to-day basis and needing uh affirmation and appreciation from people who only give a shit about the last thing you've done uh yeah i mean you know you 
got to take the good with the bad. And in some cases, uh, having a regular nine to five, uh, you know, community college degree and doing uh, and just living a normal life in many ways is uh, better than um, than uh, the consequences that uh, follow, uh, you know, having to having to get a massive amount of fame and money at at a, at a certain point of time. But I also don't agree with people who whine, who whine, oh, I'm too famous, oh, you don't know what my life is like now, oh, woe is me, let me cry with my hundred dollar bills, oh, see, I don't get that either, because people, it seems like the people who do this, who complain a lot about fame, are also the same people who probably shouldn't be doing what they were doing to get them famous it's like a lot of the artists i listen to uh like they would be doing they would be doing art whether there was like uh a half a half sold out bar that they're playing at or whether it's like you know whether it's the biggest arena whether it's a super bowl whether it's a super bowl or a dive bar that's half full they would still be doing the same thing they were doing at the same level no matter what the audience and if you're going to go into something where there's a potential for that sort of level of uh fame and notoriety and criticism and being put under the microscope it's like what are you complaining about like that is that's that's the life you chose like i think the reason why a lot of these people are complaining is that they don't really like what they do for a living that's my diagnosis in a lot of cases it's like say you're you grew up through mickey mouse fame or something and like you know you uh you know you grew up to be uh cute attractive and people liked seeing you but but you're just singing someone else's songs like you're just doing some something for somebody else and uh and, and that eats at you over time and that's why you're upset with the that why you're upset with the fame why you complain about about the fame no authentic artist whose true passion is to do what they are doing would ever find it uh find it bad to be in too much uh, to be in uh too appreciated for what they are doing my su my suspicion is that they do not really love what they do and that the um, the paparazzis autographs the this the that the fakeness of it of it all it just eats at them and eats at them slowly over time and eventually that uh that causes this sort of um this sort of reaction uh to to what's going on in the whining and complain complaining about the fame like okay you complain about it there's fucking tons tons of artists who uh uh, don't get the radio time because uh, they don't they don't sing like uh, two and a half minute um, uh, verse chorus verse chorus verse uh, chorus songs that they get uh, that you know they don't get the airplay that they get because you're you are eating up it and complaining that you're too famous. Uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of artists that uh, should be heard do not get 
heard. So for you to complain about that you're too popular is just you know just quit just quit just stop just stop while you're stop while your head is fucking bothering you that much okay just stop doing what you're doing i uh, I, I know my ears would be uh grateful for that <laughs> i know damn well that uh, i will not i will not be complaining just take your money and fucking run and do it now and do something and start something that's going to bring you fulfillment because uh you know if singing to fucking uh singing to little 13 year old girls when you're fucking four, 40 years old and uh, like pretending to fucking try and identify them is uh that seems like a fucking uh identity midlife crisis that's gonna hit you like a fucking ton of bricks so stop now and try 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 and get into something take your fucking tens of millions of dollars and do something that's gonna bring you fulfillment that's not gonna fucking bring you fulfillment okay i'm sorry i'm sorry guys it's just that everything sucks now and that's why uh, that's part of what feeds my mood now the things aren't the way they used to be things aren't the way i remember and they suck they are uh, significantly worse than i remember them and hence my fucking miserable uh mood on a uh semi-frequently day-to-day basis (sighs) but yeah that's where we find ourselves everything sucks now hey i got an idea how about instead of uh you guys uh criticizing the new wonder woman movie instead of doing that you go and find your parents okay and here's what you do you go and find your parents and maybe you try and figure out why you're in such a stage of arrested development that you're critiquing a film that is largely made for children Or how about why you're over the age of 13 years old and even watching superhero movies to begin with? Everything sucks now. Superheroes suck. Superheroes suck because we can't identify them. With them. Uh, We can't identify with them. We are very unheroic on a day-to-day basis. And for all these uh, fucking, like... uh, you know, mid-twenties, uh, neckbeards, uh, living with their moms that are, like, have serious fucking problem with, uh, the Wonder Woman movie, yeah, you need to fucking get your head checked, you're the reason why there are bad movies to begin with, oh yeah, but the Avengers were sweet, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, no, it wasn't, they all suck, they're all for l- little kids, and, if you actually like them and you're actually critical that they're not doing a good enough job, what's the fucking target audience? They're not made for fucking 30-year-olds. That's why they suck. The Batman movies were good because it was made for an adult audience. It was made for an adult audience. You are not in your teens anymore. Fucking Spider-Man, all that bullshit. Fucking, why are you watching it? Why are you in such a, a, a stage of arrested development where you feel like deeply butthurt that the Wonder Woman movie wasn't as good as you expected it to be? Come on. Yes, everything sucks now. Get over it. <sighs> With Trump out of office, uh, late night comedy can uh, finally go back to being unrelenting, being relentingly unfunny except now without a false sense of purpose. 
See, before they had, oh, yeah, we're all doing it, doing it to take down Trump, you know. I think it's funny. Uh, normally, the president looks like he's aged 25 years after the time he spent in office. This Trump uh, presidency, it didn't appear to age Trump much, but the talk show hosts all look like they become senior citizens overnight. <laughs> See fucking Colbert? Colbert looks fucking worse than when Obama left office, and that, this is just four years of Trump. I don't know what happened there, but maybe we will have to uh, experiment uh, more. So with some pre with most presidents, they seem to they seem to become senior citizens over their tenure, but with a raging Republican, uh, borderline neurotic, uh, narcissist president, for some reason. The late night talk show hosts all seem to like age like two decades over that time. What the fuck? See, if comedy were a poker game, snark would be the nut low, just below impressions. It's low hanging fruit and doesn't require much creativity, which is exactly why it's so prominent in uh, social media, late night talk shows, and the entirety of Jimmy Kimmel's Bean. You have to be a special kind of fucked up to be able to be a late night talk show host and kiss as many asses as you do. It's like, oh, yes, oh, yes, your movie, it was so good. I watched it over the weekend. No, I didn't, but I watched it over the weekend and your performance was absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, yeah, Trump. Boo, boo, Trump. Oh, yeah, he's orange. He's orange. He's an orange person with, uh, with, bad, with bad hair. Oh, he's a fascist. He's a Trump's a fascist. Trump's a fascist. Now we're saying Trump's a fascist. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, for some reason, the late night talk show host seemed a little worse for wear after <laughs> after the Trump presidency. Honestly, I think fucking Colbert's gonna die before fucking uh, Trump croaks. Trump Trump's gonna be like fucking 105 years old, and fucking Colbert's gonna be like a fucking uh, like a fucking raisinette, like a fucking gray gray raisinette. <laughs> Trump's gonna have Trump's gonna have smoother skin skin than him, and him and John Stewart will be fucking fighting fighting for the last fucking respirator. <laughs> and Trump's and Trump's still gonna be alive. <laughs> oh, yep, but uh, that's where we're at at uh, this point in time. So we're reaching about an hour. Uh, I'm gonna do a bit of. Uh, sports recap um eventually i want to do a sports segment on its own but uh for right now going into the uh latter part of the show we're uh we're just going to do a quick sports recap about the about the last uh this january uh in sport so i'm just going to take a real quick break grab a sippy sip and uh we'll be right back to finish uh off twa2k with the sports section and we're back it's the world according to kyle spotcast sports report so we have our super bowl matchup set we have the kansas city chiefs featuring patrick mahomes Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by the immortal one Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and featuring 
playoff Lenny. So, who else is excited for the Super Bowl? I did. I I don't want to say that I did not think uh, this type of matchup could happen because I actually put money on Tampa Bay to uh, win the Super Bowl when um, the odds were quite high. Um, I, it, the news was just kind of dropping out that. Uh, Tom Brady was uh, considering a list of uh, a list of potential suitors, and the more the more you looked at it, the more it seemed like, uh, especially after the extension uh, by Tannenhill was signed, that uh, Tampa Bay would be the destination. So there were some smoke signals sent out, and before uh, before the um, before it was official, I got it in. I could have had it. At twenty six to one, I ended up getting it at twenty one to one, just fifty dollars. It'll be a cool, uh, a cool K if uh, if uh, Tampa managed to pull through. I'm not gonna hedge, by the way. Um, yeah, I just think uh, I just think it's this is a fifty fifty game kind of. Um, I think uh, I think it could go either way. Um, Kansas City, Kansas City, uh, they have like the powerful, unstoppable offense. But I think Buck, like the Super Bowl that this, I get mad vibes from this from is the uh, 2008 uh, New York Giants versus Patriots. But except in this scenario, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are more like the New York Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs are like the New England Patriots, where, you know, uh, you know, the New England Patriots were fucking uh, stomping on the competition all the way up. And Kansas City's basically done that. They're 14-2. and two. Like, New England, that was their 16-0 and 0 season. And, uh, you know, here come the wild card. The wild card team that has a good pass rush. And Kansas City has a beat-up O-line that uh, the, the, key, the recipe to success is there. It's the it's not uh, it's not not there and um, the patchwork uh, the patchwork job that uh, like just simply putting Tom Brady in and having him go on the fly and he's been learning and growing and becoming better every single day every single day he's with that team he's becoming better and he's becoming more fluid and having uh him at the age of 43 perform better than most uh the most 23 to 25 year old quarterbacks it's insane it's unlike anything i've seen before uh their first um Tom Brady's first Super Bowl with New England was in 1999. I was still in fucking grade school. I was still in fucking grade school. Tom Brady's winning Super Bowls. I've lived fucking multiple lifetimes of uh, an existence. uh, And here we are, 2021. Fucking how many fucking decades later? And he's still fucking went and he's still in the Super Bowl. It is absolutely insane. It is a triumph. Uh, in my mind, in my mind, whether uh, he wins, he wins right now, or he doesn't. Uh, I think just what he's done this year, you cannot argue. You cannot. It's very hard to argue that he's the single greatest. 
team sport athlete of all time of all time nobody has had this sort of success uh spanning fucking decades uh throughout their sport and staying on top of their game uh for as long as they did now part of it is in fact because of the position that he's playing uh there are guys defensive defensively there are guys uh wide receivers there are tight ends who uh, are, could probably be considered have uh, uh, an equal lighting for what Tom Brady did with their statistics and keeping it up over over time. But honestly, not really. <laughs> but part of it is part you could you can make your arguments for them. But part of it is because of the nature of the quarterback position uh, that you're taking. Uh, you know, for you to get hit is an anomaly, whereas uh, you're supposed to, like in any other position, you're probably getting hit at least once per play, running backs like at least five times. <laughs> but on the other side of the ledger, Mr. Mahomes. Mahomes has been come, like, he's just knocked down the fucking door coming into the league he didn't fucking knock he's like hello is it is it patrick no he didn't do that he fucking stomped the door fucking uh, right through the fucking hole and come into the league fucking guns blazing and um to think like uh patrick mahomes isn't uh isn't like the next closest thing that we've seen to uh i mean I know it's pretty. I know it's pretty early, but this is like you know, three years. Three. Uh, he could have. He you know he he could potentially have three Super Bowls. He could potentially have three Super Bowls if things bounce his way. So how many times are you gonna get uh, get even a great quarterback? Even a great quarterback has a hard time making three Super Bowls in a row. So it's about time to give Mahomes his due uh, as well, and. Uh, should be an exciting matchup. I know, I know who I'm rooting for. I know that I can't take the hedge because, unfortunately, it's minus three for the Chiefs. So, if I were to hedge, I would have to put up like, I'd have to put up like five hundred dollars to win nine hundred, and that's taking, uh, and that's laying five point or sorry, laying three points. So. You know, if Buck or if Kansas City wins by one or two, then I just fucking lose everything. No, and buying the money line is too not worth it. So, time to just time to just ride. Time to just ride this wave. I mean, I called it out from the. I called it out. I was like, hey man, I think uh, I saw the writing on the wall. I just said, hey man, if Tom Brady fucking gets in this situation, if he gets in this situation. He's going to make it to the Super Bowl, and if things play out the way they should, because I'd seen that Tampa was a team that their defense was on the up-and-coming and, coming and uh, that uh, that they were really one great quarterback away from becoming a great team. And uh, shout-out to the defense. Shout-out to, uh, shout to fucking uh, Big Shaq. Shout-out to uh, Jamel Dean. Uh, 
all the all those guys on the uh, on the defensive side in uh, Tampa because they've really stepped it up some. <laughs> they have really really stepped it up, and they they uh, Tampa wouldn't uh, wouldn't be in this position that they were in if their defense ha- hadn't played out of their minds. Now a lot of people are uh, pumping the tires for KC's defense, saying yeah 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 KC's defense is next level. Like they're doing they've been playing really good uh all this and that but i don't think you can place uh kansas city's defense in the same in the same breath as um as tampa's okay you just you just can't you just can't like uh for for reasons that okay tampa's defense actually was like a legit top five defense at stopping the run you know and they weren't uh they weren't a complete drag against the against the pass and now they're completely healthy which is uh one of the major things whereas like before throughout the season they weren't necessarily healthy so they're not slouch against the pass like casey's defense you can argue is a is an average defense but they are very average and they're subjected to uh and they're subject to uh, to being exploited, especially by a guy like Tom Brady. Like if you need uh, Tom Brady to throw the deep throws, you need him to throw the short immediate throws. Uh, you need him to throw the bubble screens, the quick outs, the dump offs. Uh, he can do all that, and it's not like we're. Uh, you can just isolate something that a quarterback will be uh, will be bad at and have him hang his hat on that. It's like you can't do that with Brady. <laughs> you just you just can't. And this matchup, this matchup, is all about is all about Tampa's secondary versus the quick passing the versus the quick passing and intermediate passing uh offense of kansas city and uh and how 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 quick they are to the tackles and uh and how good they are at limiting uh casey's big play potential that is the that's a key to the game for the tampa bay buccaneers very similar very similar to which uh to the game of the uh, New England Patriots when they were the powerhouse. Kansas City is a powerhouse to the New York Giants and Tampa Bay is the sneaky underdog team that uh, you know that just you know railed off two amazing wins and is red hot right now. Take in mind, uh, Kansas City they lost to uh, they lost to the L.A. Chargers, the the hapless Chargers, coached by Anthony Lynn, getting into this. They are beatable right now. The Buccaneers are riding a hot streak, and that's not to say that I don't think Kansas City to w- is going to win. I just I'm giving reasons and justifying not taking the hedge because I think this is closer to 50-50 than it is to you know Kansas City by whatever that's for sure and especially the line has been staying firm at three I got news for you it's not moving anywhere it's not fucking moving anywhere okay it's staying right at three it opened at three and a half it went to three not fucking moving anywhere guys it's staying there it's staying right there and that to me plus we got a home game for Tampa for the Super Bowl I've been on the other side of it where I've been against Tom Brady in this scenario and 
all I can say is that uh, I want to be on Tom Brady's side, uh, win or lose. Win or lose, I want to be on his side. And uh, there's just something to be said about the... I don't even think there's a strong enough word to uh, to, to uh, like clarify just how amazing Tom Brady has been over the course of uh, of these past few decades. I don't even think you can goat is a strong enough word because goat has been muted. Now we just call everybody goat who uh, starts to perform good over a more than two year period without really putting any credence into the the adage uh, greatest of all time right so there's brady's the greatest ever ever considering like you want to take it to back to the days of uh uh of experimental health of uh you know where nobody knew uh what made anybody healthy where <laughs> you want to take it back to those age and say like you know <clears throat> the guys who like really tore it up at that time were uh some next levels like they it was probably it was not as uh like say wilt chamberlain uh dominating uh the nba in his day is not as uh is not the same level as like uh somebody dominating uh the nba or nfl or nhl now because everybody is at such a fucking like such a you have to stay like uh sharp you have to stay so sharp and if you lose that is if you lose that sharpness for a year or two you could be done done for good whereas like before fucking uh you know babe ruth was fucking you know smoking cigars before he would go step up to bat and uh like you just can't that's the one thing i don't like about this era comparison uh bullshit is that uh it really doesn't quantify uh the society at the time it just is looking at wins and losses in bare stats um for Tom Brady to do what he is doing right now at the age that he is doing against the, you know, everybody with every, uh, every, um, every, every informational advantage that he has that with the physical advantage that he doesn't have anymore and being able to perform at the level that he has is such a tribute to, uh, to his mindset to uh uh to 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 his never giving up uh uh spirit and and never never accepting fate and uh to always put yourself in the best position possible that is uh that is something literally every athlete can learn from and uh and if you if you truly want to be the greatest then you have to you have to look at him and look at what he look at what he is doing. It is not easy for him to do what to do what he's done to put the type of dedication uh, to to his body that he that he has done. But he but he did it. You know, it's not. Uh, and for everybody else, it's it's not different. Some people maybe. Uh, 
a little more like slight slight of frame some people like to, you know to put on that extra 25 pounds of muscle mass it's not going to be it's not going to be easy but ultimately will it put you will it put you in a better spot to to do what you have to do over time right is uh is and taking the right steps and fucking not uh going off track too far that's what he's doing that's what he's doing above and beyond what anybody else is doing and uh and uh his train and his trainer and his training and uh and what he's doing with the tp12 method it's just exactly what he needed to do to be able to stay at the top of his game at that time and nobody else is put is pushing themselves over the top not that i'm saying that uh his uh his uh his diet or whatever he's doing is exactly right for everybody but it was what was right for him at the time required sacrifice and required dedication while uh it was in the off season he was trying to meet up with his teammates and get on rhythm because he knew this would this wouldn't be a uh uh, you know, just jump and let's go, and it's gonna be some sort of figuring it out on the way. And boy, did he figure it out on the way! Boy, did he figure it out! And uh, yeah, you just I am happy with my money on Tom Brady at this point. Um, you know, and if we lose, we lose, but uh, I still don't think it should uh, that he's that you could say he, I still think you have to say he's the greatest single greatest uh, team. Uh, individual team athlete and team sport that has ever existed <sighs> okay and that's uh that's my football for now um i just wanted to pivot really quick to uh the ufc and uh so we we had uh the connor fight over the weekend where uh poirier took out Conor McGregor after all of this uh, hoopla and uh, overhype Conor finally seems to uh, be been have uh, taken down below where his ego thinks it thought it was <laughs> and uh, and got humbled a little bit now nobody is t- gonna be touching Khabib and I do not think Khabib is coming back um i think it'll be at least two years uh maybe he'll come back now uh for his 30th fight but that's like pending uh pending there's somebody that rises to the top of the ranks right now right now it's just khabib and there's about five there's about five six seven guys uh in that division who are just trading wins and losses uh, at this point? Now, it'll be interesting to see is Dustin the is Dustin Diamond for is Dustin Diamond gonna be uh, gettable? You know, is uh, you know is Chandler in the future? I'm not saying Chandler should take him on right now, but in the future, uh, after Chandler's had one or two more bouts and he say he wins both those. You know, is Diamond gonna defend against him? Like, there's a lot of questions to be answered, but I don't think there that we are even close to seeing like a uh, uh, a number one clear title holder that um, that would interest uh, Khabib. Uh, he's too above and beyond uh, what anybody is at the time, and not that I really. 
that I'm really such a Khabib guy. Uh, I think he's good for the sport, uh, of course. Uh, but um, stylistically, like I like brawlers. I like people who go in there and try and knock each other out. Um, I think that is like every now and then when you get a submission and it, it happens, it happens. But like for me, like in my watchability, I've always admired admired the power strikers and stuff. Like I've never been uh, as much into like the rolling around on the ground. And like I think, not that it's bad for the sport. I just like uh, you know I want I always want to see the champion being like a a knockout specialist. And um, I think that. Uh, the way forward is to come up with some sort of adequate defense for uh, the Dagestani uh, techniques and uh, coming up with some sort of uh, uh, some sort of some sort of way to uh, counter counter it and make sure that uh, it stays it stays on on the feet. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with this division going forward. Um, so the next couple of fights, we got Overeem versus Volkov. That's happening uh, next weekend, February 6th. And February 13th weekend, we're going to have UFC 258, Usman and Burns. Kron Usman and Gilbert Burns for the belt. Now that's going to be that's going to be a good good bout. Also. Weidman and uh, Uriah Hall will be will be fighting also on that card. Then after that, after that we're still in February. You got Lewis Blades. We got Lewis Blades UFC Fight Night. Now that that will be a nice little bout of the big boys. Hey, that'll be nice. So we'll see. Uh, I think. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, that Dana is upset that uh, Habib is isn't fighting anymore. And while you know, while Habib is a is a great uh, a great competitor, a great athlete, is just nothing nothing can excite him excite him anymore. He's just too dominant. And unless somebody comes up that can make Habib even. Even, th- even give Habib a shadow of doubt in his mind that, wow, maybe this guy could take me, <laughs> that he's not coming back. And I think maybe uh, there's a, maybe a five-year window for this to happen. And uh, if it doesn't happen, then, uh, then, it's, then it's done. Like, fighting is a very, is a very cutthroat thing that uh, even if, say, Habib takes this time off and... Uh, I assume he he will be he will be training he will be in shape but I mean if you're not getting in these fights it's a whole different animal but then again uh, people aren't really putting up too much of a competition against him so uh, maybe it will be like much of the same I don't know but will be interesting to see over the course of this year there's a lot uh, pretty big shakeup going on uh, in, in the UFC and. Uh, I was actually interested in Chandler and seeing him rise up the ranks of Bellator. Uh, 
I never really paid too much attention to Bell, Bellator before, but now maybe like there's a guy who just comes in and just wallops fucking Dan, Dan Hooker, despite like Hooker having like the clear size advantage. Like, whoa, where did this come? Where did this come from? But you know, Chandler's talking a lot too. He's calling out more people than uh, Fifty Cent did in uh, How to Rob after his uh, after his victory against Dan Hooker. So you know this could come all down, <laughs> crashing back to earth very quickly. But uh, for the time being, I'm interested to see what his next matchup would be. Uh, also, very interested to see Izzy uh, versus Blankowitz uh, and Izzy moving up a weight class and seeing how he can uh, how he can handle that because uh nobody was more dominant uh in the weight class as as him and if he can get uh get those get those belts man that's uh that that would be wild but uh you know with football just winding down football's kind of my main squeeze it's been awesome to um i really got into mma uh over the over 2020 when it was the only thing on shout out to dana white and being uh being a being uh being the first to kind of put his neck on the line for uh for making that happen and using his funds to uh create the fight island to make these fights happen and uh i've uh it worked uh you know ever since uh ever since then i have really gotten into gotten into fighting and uh uh you know before uh wasn't much my cup of tea but um i think ufc over the past um past couple decades has really developed a really a really solid product and uh and and it's yeah it's been uh it's been great to be able to uh to watch these fights um over the past little while and see these fighters and all these guys you know putting their their hearts uh, putting their necks on the line for uh uh you know for the sport and um it's it's uh it, it's good to be able to pivot to something um in the off season in the off season uh for football cuz football's you know my main thing all right so uh that's it for now um the world according to Kyle podcast sports edition done and the regular edition done so uh i hope you enjoyed this um i'm going to try to share this to as much uh platforms as i can and hopefully over the course of the next year um pump pump 12 of these bad boys out one per month so uh if you're jumping on jump on right now so you say you can say hey uh, i heard it first i remember where i heard it first so uh shout out to you all right the world according to kyle over and out